Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Wherever you are in the world, in your day, I would like to welcome you to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, and on the show, I interview professors, students, and staff from Santa Clara to learn about their stories. And today, I have the privilege of talking to someone who fits none of those three categories. Uh, Tony Cortese is a Jesuit novice who is... Um, spending about five months at Santa Clara, and his time is coming to an end towards the end of this month. Tony has helped out in campus ministry. He's served with SCAP and lived in the Jesuit community. He's a second-year Jesuit and will be taking the three Jesuit vows, which are poverty, chastity, and obedience, which he talks a little bit about. Uh, He'll be taking those in this upcoming August, and then continuing um, to learn, grow, and probably go back to graduate school. When Tony first came to campus, he didn't know a lot of students, so he sat in Benson Dining Hall almost every day for around an hour with a little sign-up that said that people could come and talk to him about anything, and that he was a Jesuit novice, and he was there to talk with people and not to judge, and that strategy ended up being really successful, and Tony has gotten to know uh, many students just by sitting in Benson and having conversations. In this episode, we talk about why Tony wants to become a Jesuit, what that means to him. We talk about the three Jesuit vows and why the way you think about them might be wrong. We talk about the role of the Catholic Church in solving modern day problems and bringing about social justice. And you'll want to listen all the way to the end so that you can learn the incredibly surprising way that Tony and I actually knew each other before he even came to Santa Clara. Tony brings an approachable and human perspective to the Catholic Church and the life of a Jesuit, and I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. So here we go. Thanks for listening, as always. So I'm excited to be here today with Tony Cortese, and I would love to start out by asking if there was any moment in your life when you knew you wanted to become a Jesuit. Yeah. So my story is not as dramatic as some. Uh, Mine was kind of like, I compare it to like a slow love story where, uh, you know, you see someone who's attractive um, and then you're like, well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's a possibility. And it like slowly grows. You start imagining what it might be like. Um, So for me, you know, I was raised Catholic Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty like traditionally Catholic, and I would probably argue a little too traditionally Catholic. And I had to discover another side to the Catholic world when I went to college. Um, and when I was at Chico State, of all places, um, <laughs> uh, I laugh because every time I say Chico State here, uh, s- students kind of giggle and ask if I partied. 
and I just smile. And but I also <laughs> discovered another side of the church, the uh, Catholic world there, when I got involved in campus ministry. And um, so the first person I met there was this incredible priest. Um, and then the second person I met was this gorgeous young woman. And I'm like, oh, I think I want to keep doing this. <laughs> so I, uh, I got involved. Um, but I was young and um, there was never, uh, I never assumed I would consider a life like this. I was just like, well, what do people do? Eventually you get married. I knew I didn't want to get married anytime soon because I wanted to travel and have adventures. Uh, so um, then I did grad school at Sacramento State. I was dating. It wasn't until there was like this about a year period where all the people around me noticed that I was like trying to spend some time on my own. Um, where some people said, hey, have you ever thought about like priesthood or religious life? And uh, and I was like, well, not really. And then that just planted maybe a seed where I was like, oh, that is like a potential lifestyle option. But I got a crap load of questions about it. And uh, I am not going to make this decision anytime soon. So then eventually I met some Jesuits. Um, and uh, I was like, well, I like what they're up to. And they seem really joyful. Uh, they seem to not be afraid to be a little bit on the rebellious side. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, so that's a possibility. I got a Jesuit spiritual director and I discovered like uh, Ignatian spirituality. Um, and part of that is using your imagination. And so I really started imagining my future. Um, what would it be like to live this lifestyle? And it, uh, I noticed that it, there was a more lasting piece with that. Um, other lifestyles were exciting, uh, but as I let it play out, it wasn't like a lasting peace and a freedom. And so eventually I was like, well, I think I need to give this a shot. And um, so far it's been the most peaceful and life-giving experience I've ever had. Uh, I get to be close with so many people and somehow they let me into their lives and I hope I'm letting them into my life and we're having some sort of mutual exchange. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any career plans when you were in college? Oh, um, so my degrees, both my bachelor's and my master's are in international relations. And so when I finished my master's, I had two job offers. One was to become a full-time campus minister, uh, which is kind of ridiculous because I didn't have any of the qualifications for that. Uh, and the other was an offer... Um, to do relief work um, with an international relief organization, which probably was like my dream job, um, but it absolutely was not where my heart was at the time. And my heart was on the ground ministry. Um, so I, <laughs> this is why my story is not that exciting. I, 
before I joined the Jesuits, I worked in ministry, churchy stuff for nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never actually officially used my degrees, mm-hmm. although they're a part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how'd you end up at Santa Clara? Yeah, so I'm a Jesuit novice, so I'm a, that means I'm a second year Jesuit. Um, our first year, we're mostly at our novitiate, and that's in uh, Culver City, Los Angeles area. And during that year, we do a couple of different ministries, and then we do the 30-day retreat. That's a silent retreat for 30 days called the Spiritual Exercises. Um, so, and then the second year is called kind of the experimental year, where you're sent to different places to just kind of try on the lifestyle. It's like trying on a pair of clothes to see if it if it fits enough. And uh, so, I am here from January second until May twenty second, um, uh, and trying on being a Jesuit at a Jesuit university. Um, Mostly, here, I work here in campus ministry, but I'm really trying to dabble in other parts of campus. Um, uh, I love SCAP and, um, and just trying to go to different campus clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it's an assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's been one of your favorite either projects or experiences at Santa Clara that you've, that you've gotten to be a part of? Mm-hmm. I know... Well, I think I have to say I was most like stunned of where I was when um, they asked me to lead like a reflection at the the walkout to end gun violence. And I, you know, I look up and I'm like, wow, there's quite a few people here. And uh, and like I felt a little bit of this like responsibility and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, this is so beautiful that they, they all came out of class for this. And, and I get this weird privilege of bringing us to prayer, um, and, uh, in bringing us to prayer in a way that isn't obnoxiously religious and is open to the religious diversity of this campus. Um, that was a, uh, a real, a moment of like, okay. I'm kind of a public figure right now, and I <laughs> wasn't aware I, I was. Um, but also, I'd like to mention just um, my favorite thing here, though, is one-on-ones with students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the life of a student here, um, all of you carry so much weight, and um, I recognize the pressure you're under and the pressure to perform. Um, and this is like, you know, we got the Silicon Valley thing. We have a really expensive education. And, uh, so it's a really, it's a privilege for me to be able to like, just kind of journey with a student Mm -hmm. who just may need to share, um, a little bit about the weight that they're Mm -hmm. feeling. Um, it's not, and I'm not there to fix anything, but I can just journey with, and I think, that's where communities build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you come here, you don't know any students. What'd you do to get to know students? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I, being in campus ministry, 
it gives me a, a chance to meet those who are active in campus ministry. But obviously that is not the entirety of the university, uh, nor should it be. So I knew it was really important to get out of the office. And actually, like my second day here, I asked one of the students, uh, like, what do you think would be good for me and for the students while I'm here? And she said, get out of your office. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I made this little goofy sign. It says, hey, I'm Tony. I'm a Jesuit. I'm available to chat. Um, and then a little disclaimer below. It says, I'm not here to, to preach, to judge, or to be obnoxiously religious. And um, so I sit out in Benson. I try to do it every day for it's 30 minutes to an hour, I, usually in the afternoons around 1.30 or 2. And, uh, and I, you know, I bring a book because um, I'm not just sitting there staring at people saying, hey, come talk to me. Um, I'm really just, I just want to be available. And every single time I've done it, I meet someone new. Uh, and I'm really blown away by the courage uh, people to just come up to the stranger. Um, also, it shows me that we as Jesuits could do a little better job of engaging the students because a lot of students have not met a Jesuit. Um, uh, and not that we're that exciting, but, mm -hmm. but we care about the students' lives and we want to infuse this university with um, Ignatian spirituality so um that's been really helpful and then obviously getting involved in other clubs um and especially with scap um they've been so good to me um, so now uh, i was realizing today as i walked to the office uh, one of my favorite things is um how many smiles and hellos i get now and um 50% of us are on our phones when we're walking, but for those who aren't on their staring at their phone, it's, it's really, it's a beautiful thing to get that smile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when people imagine uh, being a Jesuit, imagine the Catholic church, probably what, what comes to mind is rules and um, people imagine it as a rather restrictive lifestyle. And you, you mentioned earlier something that, you saw some some Jesuits and that they could be a little rebellious. So how do you how do you think about those two sides of, of that coin, or about rules versus um, versus freedom, or how that how how the church is adapted, or how what what options are open to you as mm. a Jesuit with that lifestyle? Yeah, well, that's a really good question. Uh, I will say that um, that's one of the hardest things about religion. Um, is I think there's this human tendency to just get caught up in religion as some sort of uh, institution just for rules. And, um, and then we become slaves to rules. And um, the Jesus story, in my experience, uh, flips that. So it doesn't, he doesn't ignore the, the rules and the traditions, but it's a, it's a matter of approach. So... Um, so when it comes to uh, being a Jesuit in the, in the church, there's a tension. 
do I harbor some disagreement with the church at times? Yes. Um, and it's a discernment process about how to uh, go about that. Um, and, uh, and I acknowledge the importance of structure. Um, there's a reason why this institution has survived for 2,000 years. There's something about structure, um, but I don't want to be a slave to the structure. So uh, some examples um, would be, so I will be taking three vows in August. Um, and uh, a lot of times when we think of vows, it, oh, those are restrictions. Um and in the history of the church, have people treated them as solely as restrictions? Probably. And that is not very life-giving. Um, so the three vows are poverty, chastity, and obedience. And um, I could briefly talk about those. Um, so poverty, it doesn't mean... Um, that the lifestyle I'm entering uh, is going to bring me to sleeping on the street, uh, for example. Um, it, but it, what it does mean is that I will not own anything under my own name ever again. Um, that I will share. Everything is shared in, in our Jesuit community. Um, and if we have access, our call is to give that access um, to those who would need it more. Um, I don't think we do that perfectly, but, uh, and we're also called to live simply. Um, so that's kind of poverty in a nutshell. Um, chastity, and this is the, this is the weird one, um, according to society. And, and I think the word chastity has a lot of unfortunate images that come to it. Um, as I talk to people, Quite often they say that it conjures up images of like these sexual purity codes and like a bunch of no's, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that. Um, uh, and if I approach chastity like that, I am going to be a repressed sexual being. And so that is not our invitation in chastity. So chastity, the way I am living and moving into it is to me, like a healthy sexuality. It's a deep recognition that um, our sexuality is so much of who we are. Um, and that with that, there are these great invitations to, um, to use it in a way that gives life. And so for, for us in this uh, Jesuit world or religious life world, we're committing to celibate chastity, which means that we are not going to be entering into exclusive romance um, and so um, it, I'm still learning a lot about it but when I'm what I think I'm doing is saying yes to something uh, more deeper in me um, instead of a bunch of no's so um, and in that way by not you know for example getting married um, it's not that we think this is a holier way to live. Mm -hmm. This is just a lifestyle choice to become radically available to people. Um, so for a Jesuit, um, it wouldn't make sense for me to have a family. Um, 
meaning for me, a wife and kids, um, because it wouldn't be fair to them, because uh, this is a really weird lifestyle and we're traveling around a lot. And um, so in there, is there some sacrifice? Yes. Um, is it a bigger sacrifice? I don't, I don't know. And I don't think we need to compare. It's just a lifestyle choice. The last vow is um, chastity. I'm sorry, is <laughs> obedience. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that conjures up some images of like, well, what does this mean? You just give over all your personal freedom and uh, you don't have any decision making. Um, and that's not what it means. Uh, to me, There's a. it means that I am choosing to be available um, to where I'm needed and sent. And, um, and I trust that there's going to be a mutual discernment process between me and uh, my superiors about where I can best serve and um, enter into relationships. So, um, and also there's an obedience to my Jesuit brothers, where that means I'm committing to uh, our life together. And so I'm committing to sharing meals and uh, face sharing and um, having social outings with them. Um, yeah, so uh, for me, like the three vows are really beautiful invitations to say yes to something. Um, and um, they give me a lot of life right now. Um, they're not perfect and nothing is, and I accept that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What have you learned by living in the Jesuit residence with the mm-hmm. Santa Clara Jesuits? Yeah. First thing is um, I owe so much gratitude to these guys for embracing me as an equal um, and a brother. And they have made me feel so loved. Um, they just... I can sense how they look forward to talking to me. Um, I think of a few of the guys who uh, pretty much every morning we're having breakfast together and kind of just waiting on each other to, till they arrive and then we can just check in and um, a few of the guys are retired there and they mean a lot to me because they're just like, their main ministry is um, to care for us. And, mm-hmm. um, so obviously this is a university Jesuit community, um, which I didn't have much experience with before I joined the Jesuits. And um, I had a little bit of an image that it meant a little bit of a professionalized Jesuit life in the sense of a lot of them work for the university. Um, and uh, so, and I wasn't sure what was the value of, being a Jesuit professor. I wasn't sure about it. Um, But my mind and my heart has changed since I've been here because I can see so much value to being um, a professor. I mean, we have guys who are in the mathematics department, you know, they're in the theater department. They're not just like teaching religion. Um, And I think it means a lot when a Jesuit is teaching theater, for example. Um, and that's some sort of bridge that our life is not just 
in the in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're operating as bridges, and um, so I, in my short time here, I can like picture being um, at a university in my future. I'm more open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's what we were always praying for is like a spirit of openness to and freedom. Mm-hmm. I go where needed and that's such a cool adventure for my life hmm. you, you you mentioned earlier that you gave the the short the short speech and prayer at the uh, march against gun violence and so i'm wondering what role you kind of see either the jesuit community or the catholic church playing in um, modern day issues both both human rights and um, even like climate change or just the problems facing the world oh yeah uh, it's a huge reason why I joined the Jesuits mm-hmm. because I have seen the commitment to um, social justice, um, especially in uh, since Vatican II, since the 1960s with the Jesuits. Um, so I was deeply attracted to that. Um, so in, in what I'm most attracted to is um, that it's a commitment to a to a mutuality. So it's not, um, it's not a culture of volunteerism where, Oh, well, I go to the shelter to feed people cause that makes me feel good about myself. Um, no, that hopefully what we're entering into is a mutual exchange of love. And so I'm showing that I, here are my wounds and my weaknesses and there are yours and, and let's share a meal together. Um, and let's build relationships. And so, uh, and let's expand the circle of compassion so that we can't imagine anyone outside of it. So, uh, I need to stand on the U S Mexico border and, um, I need to meet people and, and, and care deeply for them and, and have an exchange of life. Uh, um, I need to, um, be in the prisons um, and juvenile hall. I need to be in the hospitals. Um, I need to be uh, reaching out to and um, the people who have been hurt by the church. Um, I think that's a huge role for the Jesuits right now. We're invited to be on the margins. That's part of our charism. And there are a lot of people who have been marginalized by religion. Um, because somehow we turn religion into this, I'm right, you're wrong, or I'm in, you're out club. And as a Jesuit, I hope I can spend my whole life, um, breaking down that barrier and expanding the circle to include. Um, so, uh, and I'm very passionate about, um, issues of uh, sexuality. Um, and so, um, and I think the Jesuits have a unique, a unique voice to play there where um, we just meet people where they are mm-hmm. instead of saying, bringing a clipboard and saying, well, do you meet this criteria or this mm-hmm. one before you come in the doors? No, that's not our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to just meet people where they are and recognize that complexity of every human life Mm -hmm. um, 
and and you can do that in a way that doesn't water down the gospel um because you can get accused by someone who wants to like protect the institution that oh you jesuits or whatever are, are watering it down you're um if i'm committed to the gospel there ain't no watering down um the whole life of Jesus is so attractive to me because he constantly stood on the margins and he was killed for that. And um, we have to be willing to be killed for that. Uh, yeah. On a, a lighter note, what types of things do you like to do for fun when you're not in the, uh, the mm. Zen Jesuit mode? <laughs> yeah, we're really Zen. Yeah, right. Um, so I, oh God, I have so many passions. I mean, I'm a, I love hiking. Um, I'm obsessed with the ocean and the weather. I used to want to be a meteorologist. Uh, so I, I like storm chasing. And like, uh, yesterday with the thunderstorm, I was in heaven, just a little kid. Um, I, uh, I work out uh, at least six days a week. Um, and I, I do yoga. Um, ultimate Frisbee is still a big part of my heart. Um, I love watching baseball. That's my favorite sport. Um, sorry to all of you who think baseball is boring. Uh, I think you just have a short attention span. <laughs> no, I, I'm obsessed with baseball. Um, How'd you get, I'm curious, yeah. how'd you get into Ultimate Frisbee? Because part, uh, part of the reason I asked this question is because <laughs> I found a little a little bio of you on some Jesuit website, and I was like, the Giants, Ultimate Frisbee? Like, we just share all the same hobbies. <laughs> so how'd, how'd you start playing that? I'm curious. Yeah, I, th when I was in grad school, a group of us just decided to start tossing the disc around one day, and then, like, there's some sort of thing called, like, Ultimate, isn't there? And so we looked up the rules, and... We started this little pickup thing in Sacramento. Uh, now it's probably so I'm thirty, so ten years ago probably, um, and it's still going. Um, and so then eventually I started playing in some of the intramural leagues mm -hmm. and um, and stuff like that. Uh, so I just <laughs> it's I know it's such a like cliche college student uh -huh. sport, but. Uh, it's just fantastic. I I never suffered an injury in it, so that's good. Hmm. I'm getting exercise and mm -hmm. and I'm usually not colliding with people. Mm -hmm. Was it on Was it on Saturday mornings? Yeah, you know I think I've played there quite a few times in the Saturday morning Sacramento State pickup. I have a friend. What? I have a friend who has a math tutor who was a part of that group, and for the last two years in high school, I played on. A little club team at my school and on Saturdays sometimes a little group of us would go to Sac State I'm wondering I'm wondering if I'm not I'm not sure if it's the same group but that yeah could be, that's an interesting because well, you had a familiar face when I met you so <laughs> uh -huh. obviously you would have looked a lot younger then or I could have been away for that yeah that's interesting oh that's funny <laughs> yeah I um I'd love to, my, my, my last bigger question is kind of what's next? Where are you going from oh, here yeah. after Santa Clara? Yeah. Because you only have what? How, how long? I don't know, like five weeks. Okay. It's sad. I, <laughs> uh, it's going to be really hard to leave here. Um, and I, 
I've already ha- shed some tears thinking about it. So, um, but that is part of this life. So this summer, uh, most of us novices are in Tijuana. Um, we are at a language school. We have to become fluent in Spanish, um, but also we're going to um, share life with uh, those who migrate and and those who have been deported. Um, so we'll get to, to hear stories. And, uh, and then, so I take vows here Saturday, August 11th, God willing. Um, uh, and then I fly out to Fordham University for three years to do a master's in philosophy and to do a year of theology uh, and possibly another degree if time mm. allows it. Um, yeah, so I'm going to live in New York City for three years. Mm. So you all are welcome to visit. <laughs> That'll be pretty different from Santa Clara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my one complaint about Santa Clara is, um, I mean, the campus is just mm. gorgeous, but there's not a lot of good places to walk to from. Yeah. But of New York City, I think I'll, I'll be fine there. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to wrap up with a couple shorter questions. So okay. first of all, is there any uh, favorite place that you've traveled? Oh, um, so I traveled quite a bit before I joined Jesuits. So uh, I think Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, just briefly, I the culture is so fascinating and welcoming. Uh, and I'm obsessed with the food and it's cheap, really cheap to go there. If you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Oh, wow. That's such a good one. Um, maybe let's take some time learning each other's stories. Do you have any book recommendations for college students or books that you've read recently that you've given to anyone mm. else or recommended? Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of the author Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan priest, um, but he's not. So for those of you who aren't Catholic, he's, he's really good about reaching across those divides. And so um, I would really recommend the book Immortal Immortal Diamond by him. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finally, maybe drawing on your conversations with students, is there any piece of advice you would give to maybe a first year student mm-hmm. at Santa Clara for navigating their college experience? Yeah, it's just like if, if we can come to acknowledge that every moment we have, there's a choice involved about that I can love this moment. And um, so when the piles of homework build up and all these potential stresses are there, like the really, the only choice we have is to accept right now. And so I think the only, the healthiest way to approach university life is like to just commit to right now. I do what needs to be done now without being overwhelmed by that list. The list is there. If you do that you do this first thing check it off go to the next check it off and it um there's a way to just accept that being a student is a choice and um and it's a loving choice because you're choosing to love and commit yourself to the world 
Well, Tony, thanks so much for doing this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Keep it up. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. Thank you.